Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I discuss geocaching and my adventures with it. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also sign up for the Geocache Adventures newsletter, which features upcoming episode information, behind the scenes articles, and other fun articles and information. This interview was recorded using Zoom and may sound different than other podcast audio. Hello everybody, Amy Shadow Jacket One here, and with me is returning guest Scott Miller, aka GSM times two. You may remember him from season two, episode nine, refreshing the game board, and season two, episode 17, talking about the Route 66 Adventure Lab series. Welcome back. Thank you very much. It's exciting to be back. I'm really excited about this topic. <laughs> well, for those who have no idea, we're going to talk about Adventure Labs, which you have some experience, quite a bit of experience, thanks to the Route 66 series. So as far as Adventure Labs go, tell us what your stats are for those. For Adventure Labs, I have found 970 locations. Um, and f because, because of my involvement in Route 66 and also uh, Highway 1 and also the Lincoln Highway and also the 50th anniversary Landsat Geo Tour, I have an extraordinarily n extraordinary number of uh, that I've created. And then also I have a family member who gets them but doesn't use them. So my oh. stats are, um, I've, located, I've created 50 locations. My family member has, located, has uh, created 40 locations. For Landsat in uh, Lompoc, we did 15 locations. And so that gives me 105 uh, locations that I've created. Plus I've, uh, I have uh, been beta testing, I think at least six for different people. So yeah, I guess I have a fair amount of experience. You've done, let's just say a, a little bit involving them all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into more about Adventure Labs, how's the Route 66 series going? Oh my gosh, it is doing fabulous, Amy. Uh, we have, as I told you, 88 uh, geocachers have created, and they're all public, uh, 94 adventures. Um, if you go to our website, which is uh, uh, route66gc.org, that's route66gc.org, uh, you can get you can see all the maps, and uh, and it's a uh, it's amazing little website there. We'll link to that in the show notes as well, so people can Please find do. that easily because it. It is really great if you just want to check out what's near you. You can pop on there and pull up your area or see everything from California to Chicago. What all you got in between there? Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, there's over 850 locations. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that stretched over 2,440 miles. Uh, it's, not that, it's not that many. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those numbers sound really big to me. So <laughs> they are. <laughs> You've been getting a good response, good feedback from from geocachers doing the series. 
getting uh, getting tremendous feedback from uh, geocachers doing the series. Um, our ratings are all between 4.5 and 5. Lots of activity. I was just looking at uh, the one that I set, uh, which is from Needles to Goffs, which is in the middle of nowhere in uh, eastern California. And it is my number one uh, performer. It has over 40... Uh, 40 people have done it, and if the rating is 4.8, which I think is pretty good. That's pretty good. It is. And we just had the first person complete them all. Tawar, uh, T-W-L-A-R-E, uh, is from Washington, and she set off and uh, started in Chicago and uh, finished. And I was really excited because she came out here uh, as I was host hosting a GIF event, and we met, and afterwards I'm like, well, do you want to go to dinner? What do you want to do? She's like, oh, it's light out. I want to go geocaching. <laughs> and she suggested, hey, can we go ahead and do uh, Hollywood to Santa Monica? So I had the opportunity to go with her and two other people, and we went to do the westernmost uh, adventure for on the Route 66 series. And it was great. It was fabulous to talk about her experiences and all the things that she had done. So she is the first to complete every single one along the yes. route. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. That was amazing. Yeah. It took her about three weeks worth of travel time to do that. Wow. Yep. That's a big trip. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's a bucket list trip. <laughs> yeah. So I have to I have to ask you, have you had a chance since it goes through Missouri? Have you had a chance to go down there by St. Louis and do some of them? I unfortunately have not. I have not okay. um, been doing a lot of geocaching the last several months have been, let's just say very busy home wise with, okay. with different things. And um, unfortunately, my amount of geocaching has been minimal since a since uh really since moga back in may was the last real big geocaching i personally got to do i did get to do um labor day weekend we went to the st louis zoo and there happens to be two adventure labs at different points around inside the zoo oh so i managed fun. to hit both of those while we were there but other than that, it's been pretty minimal geocaching for me, unfortunately. Although I did look it up, and there is one, and this is going to sound horrible, I think it's like maybe 30 minutes from me, and I just have not been out there to do it yet. But it is very much on my list. <laughs> very good. And when you and your muggle husband need a little time off to take the kids with, you know, take the child with you, go out and do some of them. Uh, you know, I, th I think he's really going to like them. And, uh, and we know that, uh, that, and I forget his name, sorry. Um, we call him Bubby. Would like him all too. Bubby? I know Bubby, that Bubby yeah. would uh, like him because he gets to navigate and all, all that. He does like to help navigate. That's, <laughs> if he goes geocaching with me, he wants to help navigate. Perfect. So there's another series that's going on in California right now as well, isn't there? There is. Um, I have so much fun uh, doing the Route 66, organizing the Route 66, that I went ahead and organized the California Highway 1 series. And, uh, and it goes, it goes uh, California Highway 1 runs from Dana Point up to Mendocino County. 
And we have uh, 58 people uh, who are doing that, and uh, and they're all but one is public. So uh, oh, wow. that should be public, I think, in the next three weeks. So, yeah, a lot of fun. How many stretches of miles is that highway? Do you know? I'm going to say 325, but that might be wrong. <laughs> that's still a but that's still a good stretch. And it really they... is. And, and it's Highway 1, you know, Highway 1 going through Big Sur and up north of San Francisco. It's some of the most beautiful highway in the United States, perhaps even the world. And, uh, and the challenging part of that is that much of the highway, I would think uh, maybe over 150 miles of it, there's not going to be reliable internet connection. And in parts of it, there'll be no internet connection <laughs> yes which when you're using a smartphone makes things a little tricky but you have told me there's a workaround for this so please i cannot <laughs> wait to hear this how do you do an adventure lab offline and and i'm so glad you asked that because i think this is a misconception that you have to be online to do adventure labs and and actually i thought that too uh and actually what happened is I went ahead and did my adventure lab um, up on the Lincoln Highway. Um, and when I got home, I looked and realized that two out of the three major wireless carriers, they don't even pretend that they have uh, internet connection through f 35 miles of that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, wow. this is terrible. So I started experimenting around and found out that the app actually does play fairly well um, offline. And then what really solidified it for me is just two weeks ago, I was going up to Monterey and of course wanted to do the California Highway 1 Adventure Labs up there. And there were two of them, 20 locations. And for 50 miles, there is no internet connection. So I'm like, okay, I'm really going to try and figure out how to do this. So here's, here's what I figured out. And I actually have a link with step-by-step -step directions. It's a bit.ly link. So bit.ly and it's three Charlie Zulu Zulu three little Yankee seven. Those Charlie Zulu Zulus were capital, capitalized. I'll include that link in the show notes as well. Absolutely. And, uh, and so here's what I learned. I learned the first thing you need to do is close all the apps. <laughs> and then uh, it has to be a non-sequential adventure. A sequentials can't be done offline because you have to, you know, answer the questions before you go to the next one. And okay. offline, you cannot answer the questions. Okay, so if it requires you to go to A, B, C first in a specific order, this doesn't work. This is not going to work. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Um, <clears throat> the compass works, the GPS works. I just kind of equate this to the same as doing uh, geocaching offline. You know, you can, you're going to have all the information uh, and you can read and the compass works and the GPS is working. You just can't submit your answers and that's what happens here. You cannot... Uh, submit your answers. So the next thing you want to do is go ahead 
and get into the adventure. When you have internet connection, get into the adventure, hit start, and then pick a location, and then turn on the compass. And by turning on the compass, your, your screen is going to stay on all the time. And okay. that's very important. Then, two things. Put the, put the phone in airplane mode and turn off Wi-Fi because you don't want to accidentally get on just because you're driving by a Starbucks. And then connect it to a power source because, as most people know, the app uses a lot of battery. Drain the battery, yeah. And with the screen on all the time, it's going to drain more. So you have to make sure you plug into a power source. Okay. The, Key is make sure that that adventure that the adventure lab app does not close. Make sure the adventure doesn't close. Okay. Okay. Um, other thing I learned is you cannot run Waze or Google Maps and probably other navigation programs uh, because they will turn off the adventure lab app. If you've ever done it while you have internet connection, you will notice when you go back the Adventure Lab app has to reload and it's not going to have an internet connection to re be able to reload. Okay, so we need a, a secondary device if you need navigation to where you're if going. You, yeah, this might be the time to break out that old movie or the TomTom Tom and utilize that. <laughs> MapQuest. <laughs> uh, old map school quest, printed but, directions. Uh, old school printed directions. <laughs> exactly. Some other, you know, because I, I don't know if on my phone, the arrow is not works does not work well. It's uh, I haven't figured out that why, but anyways, it doesn't. Um, I then I have tested to see can I go ahead and geocache as I'm doing this, and as long as you you know prepare your prepare your geocaches for offline use, I've run it with GeoGo. I ran it with uh, the official app. And I ran it with uh, CGO, and all of them allowed this. I could go ahead and switch from, you know, the app to the, from from the geocaching app to the Adventure Lab app without it affecting and closing. So okay. that, that was really good news. I also found out and uh, can confirm that the camera will work. But one of the things you want to make sure you do is change back to the Adventure Lab app after you've taken the picture. So the cat, so the screen doesn't turn off, so the phone doesn't put itself into a sleep mode because it's okay. in a mode. So if so, it goes into sleep, it's going to kick you out, possibly. It is going to kick you out. Okay. Yep. So again, it's very similar to working offline geocaching. So um, let's see. <clears throat> yeah. And and just like geocaching, you can't log your you can't log your log. If you don't have an internet connection, same thing here. You can't connect to the GCHQ servers to log answer, uh, but answer will come up when you get within the geofencing. When it comes up, uh, you want to go ahead and you can answer it. If you answer incorrectly, just like even if you're online, uh, it'll immediately display incorrect answer. Really? If yes, <laughs> if you are in airplane mode and you give a correct answer, it will immediately reply. Correct answers cannot be submitted without an internet without a connection. So you know that you have the answer correct. Oh, that's really interesting. 
It really is. That was like, oh, there's a little bonus <laughs> that I learned uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So after you answer it, what you want to do is either screenshot or write down the question, write down the answer, write down, you know, make some notes. So when you get back into Internet Connection, you remember what the answer is. So, um, and then once you answer it, you're not, you know, if you're online, it'll just go next closest. Since it hasn't communicated with the uh, GCHQ servers, it can't do that. So you have to go back and do the back arrow to the map. Uh, you can lose, use the list icon or the map and choose what your next location is going to be. And just continue to do that until you've done all of the uh, all of the adventure, and you get back to a place where you have reliable internet coverage. When you have reliable internet coverage, just open the open the open the app, open the adventure, and it'll say resume, and just hit resume. Every every location it will say answer, not get closer, and you just answer them. And then, uh, and then say, you know, next, get the next closest and just answer them all. And you've, you've done it. Huh. So that, that's the essence of how to do it. Now, what you want to do is practice, <laughs> practice it <laughs> before you need it. <laughs> so go, you know, go locally, find a, an adventure to do, put your phone in an airplane or load the adventure, just like I said, Put your phone in airplane mode, turn off the Wi-Fi, and then do the follow the follow the directions, follow what's in that uh, my little printout, and uh, and make sure that you know how to use it, and uh, and you should be all set. That is really interesting. That it when you get back online, you're good to go, and because normally you have to be within the, you know, so many feet of the location, mm -hmm. be able to answer the question. Yeah. And, and the Bitly document actually gives uh, some useful strategies and, inf and information about using multiple phones. I'll give you one. <laughs> <laughs> the phone remembers where it is. It doesn't remember who was logged in when it was there. So, ah. so a friend of mine, she and her husband went out and did an adventure lab he lost the internet connection he lost it unloaded so she gets back and she's like well husband's gonna have to go back and do these too and i reminded her take your phone log him in and he can answer those questions <laughs> so interesting it is, and there's some other interesting strategies on that bit.ly, uh, so it's worth downloading and taking a look. Definitely going to have to check that out. Definitely. So, okay, that, I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around all of this. That is really, that is a neat loophole. <laughs> that is a really neat loophole for Adventure Labs. Yeah, I, um, loophole is not the right word. It's maybe a, not. Maybe it's not the an, right word, but a, that's the one that comes to mind. It's a great feature. It's a great feature in Adventure Labs, and yeah, and I don't share that uh, uh, login for log internet out. access. I should say. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yep. Nice. So, 
Yeah, so that was, that has been an interesting journey since uh, February until uh, two weeks ago when I had to actually put it very much into use uh, to get these two adventures where there were absolutely no internet access. And, uh, and it worked pretty well. How did you, how did you figure this out? Uh, over time and, did, and doing. Did, did you just play around with it and figure it out? Or did, did somebody say, hey, you might try this or did. Uh, you know, I, I figured it out, but I figured it out over time. You know, I, as soon as I realized that I had to do something to be able for people to be able to do the, uh, the Lincoln Highway one, I started to work on it. And, it, and then it wasn't until going up to Monterey and knowing that I had to do these two and I had to figure out a way to do it. Um, and then the way that I did it is I actually loaded, I loaded one uh, adventure on one phone and I had an old phone that you know doesn't have data connection, but it can hook to the Wi-Fi. So I was, I was hooked to the Wi-Fi, I loaded okay. it onto that and then did exactly what I said. Now, on the way back, I, I actually only did one of them on the way up. Um, I was gonna do the other, but it was dark. And I'm like, listen, I didn't come up onto the, I didn't come up to Highway 1 to do an adventure lab in the dark. <laughs> so I'm gonna do this on, I'm gonna do this on my way home. And on my way home, I had the same adventure on two phones and I got to the last one and I started taking pictures and I forgot to uh, go back. Well, this is actually where I learned get it back to the because uh, uh, oh. it lost connection. And there I am. I've done nine of them. I'm actually about 25 miles either direction from an internet access, but I had it on the other phone. So I answered it on the other phone, got back, and nine of them I was able to log on one phone, and the tenth I was able to log on the other phone. Wow, lessons learned. Uh, yeah, an important <laughs> lesson learned <laughs> that I'm gladly passing on to other people. Wow. Yep. So that's, I think that's the most important part. But, uh, you know, been finding a lot of adventures, uh, have a lot of experience and uh, seen some really good ones. And, you know, I, I think with the adventures, since people are only getting one or two uh, they're really doing a, a a good job with them. They're doing what I think the best job they can, you know, and, and some people do really great and some people do, you know, the best they can. So with so many people, because I know they're trying to sort of spotlight Adventure Labs, or at least they have earlier this year, they were trying to spotlight and kind of get Adventure Labs, Adventure Caches, however you want to, phrase them at this point. I've heard people refer to them as both. So a lot of people are sitting on credits and they're just maybe not sure what to do with them. You've helped create so many and been involved in the process of so many. Can you, you maybe give us some ideas of how to just kind of even get started with an idea? I think I can uh, because I think I've done enough that I've actually made progress. I've seen, you know, my first ones are at a certain level and things I'm doing now are a little bit different level. Um, and then I've seen some really great ones. So I'll give you some things that I've seen uh, other people do. One, 
I've, I think that it's really nice when you have a theme. You know, people set out geocaches in a series, <clears throat> and that seems to attract people to do the series. Even if it's a series of, you know, the seven dwarfs, people are just attracted to those kind of series. So go ahead and, and try and come up with a theme. Uh, two themes that, uh, that I've really enjoyed. Uh, SB Dave, he loves beer, he loves breweries, so he created Craft Breweries of Ventura, California, and we just went from one craft brewery to another craft brewery. Uh, Social Anxiety loves Santa Barbara. She lives down in Los Angeles. They go up to Santa Barbara frequently, and she's um, created the whimsical architecture walking tour of Santa Barbara, and it is so cute. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> I so, love that it's a, I haven't even done it, but I already love that it's a walking tour because there are so many adventure labs near me where you go to one location, then you got to drive 20 minutes to the next location, and it's 15 to another. And to be able to do a walking tour is, is just really nice. It really is. I mean, you're going to walk a mile or a mile and a half, something like that, but it's a walking tour. So, uh, yeah, and it's great. Um, and then one thing I did is I've, I've gone ahead, and you can put this in the show notes also. Um, I created a PDF worksheet that I can take out into the field or other people can take out in the field, and it helps them get all the information at one time. Basically, it's just the pages uh, in the builder condensed into a PDF and so you're out there and, you know, you know, oh, got to take, there, I'm going to use that picture. I'm going to use those. There's my coordinates. Here's my little short description. And I think that's a useful tool. So again, that'll be a link in the show notes. Another thing that I have really loved is when people take these tours beyond what R. Reagan up in the Bay Area, he calls them, the, he came up with the term mas magical history tour you know, kind of like a magical mystery tour, but magical okay. history tour. And, you know, because that's what a lot of them are. It certainly is what a lot of them are on the Route 66, almost by necessity. But uh, other people have come up with some really good things. Uh, one of them, DNF Hound, he has a story uh, in Pasadena called They Will Come From, they will come from Outer Space. And... Let me, and the premise is somebody is giving you a warning that in the year 2087, aliens are going to land and there's going to be a fight for survival. Let me read you part one of the uh, locations. Okay. In, in, the year 2089, in the year 2087, aliens from space will arrive at this exact location where you stand right now. Don't ask me how I know. We've been over this. So he's, taking, <laughs> so he's taking you to a hat shop, but rather than talk about the hat shop, he's made a story here. And at first, when the aliens arrive, people will be excited. I mean, aliens, actual like visitors from space, and they will not look intimidating. They will average about four foot tall, and the length of their sideburns will seem endearing. They will promise to share the advanced technology. They will lull us into a false sense of security. And here it begins, on this spot, the fight for survival against the Mesozavarians. Isn't that better than 
at this. This building was built in 1949 and is an example of some architecture. That is a really <laughs> neat twist. I mean, ar architecture, don't get me wrong, I do like the architecture stuff, but I haven't yet to see, uh, granted, I have not done nearly as many adventure labs myself as you have, but I have yet to see one that takes this type of twist on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Another one, Share Bear 64, The Case of the Fingered Killer. Uh, it's a mystery. And she takes you to place, to place, to place, and you actually have to solve this mystery. Now, this is going to be our, uh, our featured uh, cash highlight. So I'm not going to say much more. About, I'm not going to say anything more about it now, but we'll talk about it as the cash highlight. These Another, adventure labs that you're talking about, they kind of remind me of somewhere I goes in a way that I've seen people do where yes. it's it's set up as a as a story instead of just location points. Amy, that's a great I had not thought about that, but that is a great way for people to look at this. If you have a where I go idea, why not make an adventure lab out of it? Uh, a it's much easier to do than <laughs> yeah. where I goes. And to, and then, uh, yeah, that's a fabulous, that's fabulous. I'm really glad you shared that because I can, uh, I can incorporate that. That's neat. I like that. Yeah. Another one, uh, the Landsat and Lompoc, uh, it, their 15th anniversary, or I'm sorry, their 50th anniversary. Landsat is that, is the part of NASA, they put up the satellites and the satellites are taking mm -hmm. images of the earth and they're also taking thermal readings and, and all kinds of things. And for their adventure lab, it was a 15 location adventure lab. We took you to locations that demonstrate how they, how they benefit, Landsat benefits. Um, for example, we took you to a burn area, so you got you're in the middle of a burn area, and we talk and we talk about how they use their mapping to predict where the fires are going, to map where the fires are. That's all Landsat. Take you to a uh, to the ocean where we can talk about red tides and uh, and algae blooms uh, that are destructive, and and another you know take you to a little farm stand. But the description talks about the benefits of Landsat to agriculture. And uh, so that was, that was really good. I mean, it, it's, it's more than just the magical history tour. This is a practical use. And then to do that, to make people so that they would read the descriptions, because this is educational, um, we went ahead and, and uh, put every question has two parts to it. One part of it is, um, you know, read this sign and, uh, and, you know, whatever, you know, what year was the dam built. Mm -hmm. But the other part is, and in the description, what is this? Ah, nice. <laughs> so that, that's kind of a little hint I'm going to pass on to people who are uh, making these is invite people to read those descriptions. You've, you've really got the gears in my head turning now because <laughs> there's, there's so, when you, I'm, I'm just floored because I never thought of an adventure lab 
in this type of way because I'm used to you go to the place you answer the question about the location right and and here we have stories we have history it you you could even turn this into sort of like a an earth cache in a way and do a geology type series uh, with it and there's so much you can do with these adventure labs and i'm not encouraging this because i don't like uh i don't really do miss puzzles but why not a puzzle adventure lab you could exactly you could <laughs> you absolutely you could. get the answers at the lip yeah yeah absolutely so start thinking start thinking beyond uh you know read the plaque tell me the date um one of the things that i love about uh creating adventure labs is the research uh and just all the little rabbit holes that i find uh, you know, I just like will have an idea. Okay, I'm going to this location, and uh, you know, I'm going to go to the train station uh, in Oceano. But then I get there and I find out that there's a house that belonged to some of the Dunites, and I'm like, "What the heck is a Dunite?" And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I found out, and uh, now that's in the adventure. You know, there's the education of the Dunites. They're a there are people who lived in the dunes of Pismo Beach, uh, which are huge dunes, since about 1930s, uh, about 1927 till about 1944, and they were philosophers and vagabonds and uh, and just interesting people. Uh, and vi interesting people came and visited them, and yeah, it was. So as you're creating these, find the rabbit holes and ch and, and chase the rabbit holes. Um, Another thing I like to do, uh, and I, or I am encouraging people to do, is engage the participants in the descriptions. Um, I was doing Snoopy Rock's historical Route 66 from Hollywood to Santa Monica, and when I got done, I was like, God, those, those were really interesting descriptions. Why? And it's because she brought me into it. You know, more than just be being a plaque, the equivalent of a plaque of, you know, this is a historical building, it was built in nine and so on and so forth. She's like, you know, in 1927, uh, if you were here, well, it's, let me use another one, the Troubadour. She's like, the Troubadour uh, hosted, you know, James Dean, or James Taylor and, uh, and Carol King and, and, you know, and she just brought me into this whole adventure. And I thought that was really, really nice. Another thing, as, and I just talked about this, was reward the people who, do the, who read the descriptions. You know, we all are putting a lot, almost everybody is putting a lot of effort into creating these descriptions. They're taking this information, they're having to condense it down or expand, you know, Expanded out to 200 words of 1,024 characters. And geocachers are not used to reading descriptions. We're used to follow the arrow, find the container, sign the log, go get the next one. Mm -hmm. But but I really encourage people, you know, they're, they're taking you to interesting places. Geocachers often say it's the places that you get to go. That's one of the attractions. Well, stop. <laughs> 
and enjoy some of those places that you get to go. You know, don't just don't just answer the question and run off to the next one. Stop, look, learn, listen, and uh, and enjoy. Um, so one of the things that I have started to do, one of the progressions that I make, is I put in, I help the person find the answer in the description. I'll say the answer you seek is on this plaque or is over here. So if somebody okay. doesn't read the description, they're kind of a little advantage when I ask, and what year is on that plaque? <laughs> so sort of some hints to help guide you to the answer hints. built into the description. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, make your questions and answers clear. Um, you know, if your answers, for example, if your answer is two words with a space and then a number, put that in, put that in, the, uh, in the question so that they know what format to respond in. Ah, so okay. Just makes it easier. And then I think the last thing is when I first started doing these, <clears throat> spoof proofing uh, was high on my uh, agenda. So um, what do you mean by spoof proofing? Okay, <clears throat> they put geofencing in mm -hmm. to make sure that people go to the area. Mm -hmm. There are apps that will spoof your location, make your phone think it's someplace else. Okay. Um, if you go, if you go into the app store and type "spoof your phone," you will see an entire list of apps that will help you do that. Probably created by you know, students who are telling their mom they're going to the library and they're not, <laughs> uh, you know, I, and others, <laughs> others, other notorious reasons, but it can be, it can be, uh, it can be, you can have coach, you can have coach logging for adventure labs and, and to spoof proof, uh, a lot of people will say, so what's, What's the num what's the telephone what's the number on the telephone pole or you know what's what's written on the uh, sewer grate things that mm. nobody would take a picture of you can't look up online right it, it occurs to me after all these times that you know I want to have the best adventure for the person who's doing it the correct way yeah so rather than sending them to the telephone pole I'm going to send them over here to what I want them to look at. And yeah, if somebody can coach, log it, well, fine, go coach, log it, uh, congratulations. But I really want the person who's doing it the correct way to have the best experience. So focus more on the people who are actually out there instead of trying to prevent people from avoiding going out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well put. Okay. You've mentioned, you talked a little bit earlier about beta testing. Yes. Tell us why that's important. Oh I'm sure gosh. there are people out there that are like, I never beta test anything. What's the, why even bother? And I'm sure there are very legitimate reasons for why we need to do that. I'm sure you have probably experienced a few of them with some of these big series that you have have put together help put together 
and and I've beta tested, and I have and I have people beta test mine. I actually, I, uh, my local one, um, I go out anytime I find somebody who's going to go do it. I try and meet up with them and just watch them do it, uh, because every time I do, it gets better. A beta test. The purpose of beta testing, it, a is to check the geofencing, and b to see to watch somebody do it to to get them to beta test it what you want to do and and there's a little conf i want to clarify something you can put your adventure in a test mode in a mm -hmm. test mode that's something that you can use so that you as you're creating it you can make every sure everything works there's no geofencing in place um you know you just click through and you make sure you know make sure the pictures look the way you want the pictures to look right. uh, make sure the wording is working the way that you want it to what you want to do is put it in private mode put okay. it in private mode send the link or the qr code to the person who's going to beta test it now it is active but nobody else except they can see it okay. and so when they do it they're doing it and they're actually getting credit for it too. So go out with them, resist the temptation to say anything <laughs> and watch them do it, you know, because suddenly you're going to find out that uh, there's a second plaque there that you weren't even aware. So you're asking for something from one plaque and, and they have found another one and they're frustrated that they can't answer it. <laughs> um, okay. And you'll find that maybe the geofencing is off. I, you know, on one of the Landsats I had, you know, my family member go out and found out that we cannot physically get into the geofencing the way that I had set the geofencing up. Oh. So, and, you know, and suddenly you're going to find, I, on one, the plants were growing over the place that the person wanted, you know, where the answer was. And, she she kind of hard to find the answer. Kind yeah. of hard the answer when you when it's growing over by plants. So that's what beta testing is, and that's how you do the beta testing. Put it in private, send them the link or the QR code, and then go out with them and try and be as quiet as possible. Okay. So here lately, we're seeing Adventure Labs starting to have bonus caches. Yes. So. Great I mean, thing. the whole point of the Adventure Lab seems to be going to a physical location and experiencing something at the location versus finding a container. So why are people adding these bonus caches to make you go to another physical place to find a container? Good question. Um, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, um, and, now, and now people can actually be notified that they're at an Adventure Lab published or went public in their area used to not be able to do that but it's still good to go and you know a lot of people will have notifications for mystery caches and so they'll get a notification that hey there's a new mystery just uh published and look it's an adventure lab it's a bonus to the adventure lab and also for the person who created it it the adventure lab right now does not tell us when somebody has completed it Right. So if you have a bonus and somebody completes the bonus and logs it, then you're going to get the email. You're going to get the notification. Oh, somebody did do it. So that's uh, that's another reason. And I think it just kind of ties in better for geocaching. 
you know, it gives you a geocaching experience doing the adventure lab so that you get a little, you know, at the end, you get to actually find the container, sign the log, and that's what you got into geocaching for. So uh, it, it gives a nice little tie-in for that. Um, but not everybody wants to set a, a bonus cache. Um, you know, the ones on the Route 66 and, uh, and the California have one. Sometimes the people are more than 100 miles away. They're not even, they can't even set one unless they find somebody locally to take care of it. So here's something, uh, and not my idea, but I love the idea, <laughs> is have, have a trackable attached to your adventure so that when somebody completes it, the journal pops up and says, feel free to discover this trackable. Ah. And if they discover the trackable, my goodness, once again, you get a notification that somebody discovered your trackable and you know that somebody finished your, uh, worked on your adventure lab. That's an interesting so, idea. That was a, that I was glad to see. Somebody from Route 66 came up with that idea and I was really pleased to it. So it would be a trackable that's just designated to the adventure yep. lab and people would just get the information to discover it when they complete it. Yep. Yep. That's, uh, I, um, my family member, um, her route 66, she has a route 66 trackable attached to that. And it's, you know, in her, it's in her collection, but people can find it and log it. Interesting. Yeah. So how do you tie a bonus cash to an adventure lab? Um, by mentioning them, mention each in the other one. So mention the adventure lab on the cash page, mention the GC code on your adventure page so that people know that they're attached and, uh, and that, that works very well. So the, I've done one adventure lab that had a bonus cash. And in that case, to get the coordinates of the actual physical location of the bonus cache, it came up as you answered questions in the adventure lab. Are they yes. all intended to work that way? <clears throat> no, they're not. Um, they're not. Actually, actually, our Route 66 and our California Highway 1, um, we set a standard that you had to be able to get the coordinates in one or two of the adventures. Uh, and the bonus had to be within two miles of those locations. Um, that was something I learned doing uh, the, uh, the Lincoln Highway. I'm doing the Lincoln Highway. There's 10 locations. As I'm going along, I'm collecting, you know, 10 pieces of information. Mm -hmm. I get done and find out uh, in two cases uh, that the bonus is in one case 20 mi 29 miles behind me and in the other 34 miles behind me hmm. and uh, did not want to do that. Yeah. So, you know, so that's, you know, if it's, if you're doing something in a park <laughs> where you're walking around, it's fine to go ahead and reveal them one at a time, one at a time. But yeah, if you're going to, as you describe go someplace, drive 15 miles, drive 20 miles, and then, uh, and then find out that your bonus isn't anywhere near you. Um, that, that 
kind of is bad. And I guess the other thing that I would pass on um, is try not to make your your uh, adventures sequential. Um, even if, you know, some people and myself included, my first one, I made it sequential because it made sense to make this little counterclockwise circle and wind up where the bonus was. But I wound up instead just making it non-sequential and saying, I recommend you do this counterclockwise so you wind up where the bonus is, but you can do it in any order. Okay. And, uh, you know, because because not everybody's coming in the same direction. Uh, and if there is anything wrong with the adventure and you can't answer one question, you're done yeah. and finished. And, uh, and that's frustrating. So, you know, if it's non-sequential, you can go on and contact the CO and say, hey, I was there. Um, I was not able to find the answer. Uh, could you let me know what it is? And because the phone knows where it was and you can just go ahead and answer the question at any time. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. And I guess, and also realize, you know, a lot of people say, oh, these adventure labs are great. They don't take any maintenance. Uh, that's not true. That's not entirely true. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, the best example I could give was the person who did uh, the, the adventure lab, the Route 66 adventure lab through Texas, just used some signs on the street for two, for his locations. Two of those signs got hit by cars mm. and are down and not answerable. So, right. Uh, <laughs> They, and I've heard many, many stories of uh, of that happening. Yeah, maybe maybe it should be they tend to take less maintenance, but still may require some. Might be the better way to to look yeah. at it. The the log's not going to get wet. The log's not going to get wet. <laughs> but, but that's about what that's containers about aren't going to crack say. unless there's a bonus. Containers aren't going to crack. Yeah. No. You don't have to worry <laughs> so. about people doing throwdowns on you because they can't find your your container. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's also important uh, to know that the bonuses do have to meet all the requirements of a mis of a mystery cache. Okay. So you know, so they, including the proximity. Uh, two miles from home, and uh, you know, and and the proximity five hundred twenty-eight feet from each other, and and so forth. So realize that when you're going to set one down, make sure that it it meets all those requirements. So you've got your bonus, you got your AL set up, you got your bonus cash ready. When we create adventure labs we don't have to submit those to reviewers at this point in time like your That's traditional correct. caches yes but if you have a bonus it's going to go to a reviewer yes so if there's something special that you have to do to let them know it's a bonus or does <sighs> the reviewer it, it may not even necessarily matter to the reviewer i really have no idea is is that a thing you know, from what I'm hearing, what you want to do is check with your local reviewers because some reviewers are handling things differently than other reviewers. So communicate with your reviewers. Say, I'm going to be setting a bonus cache. Um, when can, 
you know, and I'd like it to publish about, I'd like to make it public about the time that it publishes and, and ask him what, what him or her, uh, what they should do. Because some uh, reviewers, I'm aware, they require that the adventure be public before they publish the, uh, publish the bonus. Um, our reviewers are, they will work with us. And if we say, I would like this bonus to publish on this day and time, then, then it will. And then I can, I can make my bonus, I can make my adventure public the same time as it goes, as it gets published. And that, okay. that's a great scenario, but it's apparently not uh, universally available. Okay, that's, that's good, good information to know. Cause yeah, you don't want to have your adventure lab out and then it possibly be two or three weeks before your bonus cash gets published or sometimes longer if you have to find a different location for it or any any hiccups occur when you're trying to place it yeah so that's uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my world it's ident ideal if they do it if they go public and publish at the same time but uh, to do that you definitely have to be communicating with the with the reviewer and have them review it and make sure it's meeting all the proper criteria. It kind of reminds me of trying to do a geo art and needing to coordinate with the reviewer to make sure everything goes live at the same time. Yep, exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's good to know. So we've got some great tips for getting ideas to create some. We've got some great information on the bonus caches. Well, there's one thing that I meant to bring up. Okay. And and this is a this is a little hint for people who are finding. That's uh, what I was going to ask lab. you. If you could give <laughs> us a bit of advice for anybody who may be new to finding them or just gets frustrated with them, what's some advice for finding some adventure labs? Probably the most per important piece of information I can give is follow your arrow or follow your map to as close to GZ as you can uh, before you try and answer the question. Resist that temptation that answer pops up and, and, you, and you wanna go to it right away because you'd like to see the answer. Well, when that pops up, it, you are at least 60 feet away from it and could be actually 62 miles away from it. <laughs> <laughs> depending on how so, it's set up, yeah. So depending on how it's set up. So get to GZ. Now you are standing where the creator wants you to be when he asks the question. Um, equating it to geocaching, I don't know anybody who is following their GPS or following their cell phone, gets within 60 feet and sticks it in their pocket. Now, yeah, that's a good point. You, you want to get you to want, GZ you, you before want to you get put to it GZ down and start looking. You, right, or at least get closer. I mean, you know, maybe you start looking when you're 16 feet away because they're not 100% accurate, but I don't know anybody who does it at 60 feet. That's so, a good point. That, that's a very good point. The, and then the other thing is, take the time and read the description. 
it, you're doing the creator a favor, but you're doing yourself a favor too. And, uh, you know, you're doing yourself a favor if you do one of mine, because I'm going to give you some little help <laughs> to find that location. Uh, but you're doing a favor for yourself because you're learning something about the location that the person is taking you. You're getting the full experience that was intended by reading the description. You are. Yep. And I think that's about it, except we want to do our cash highlight. Yes, really we have to do the cash about. highlight. I'm excited to hear about, about this one as you teased us about it earlier a little bit. I did. So this is ShareBear64's The Case of the Fingered Killer AL bonus. And the, uh, well, and then the GC code is GC9HJEK. And it's a bonus cache for the Adventure Lab CBM5. It is a sequential because she's telling a story. Okay. And you are trying to identify who the killer is. Um, she takes you to an area, starts telling you the story. It's hilarious, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> Her use of puns and so forth is fantastic. And, uh, and you are collecting evidence at each location. When you get to answer the question and you answer the question right, she is presenting additional evidence, a coroner's report, a towing company's report. Ah. And all this information is important for you to solve the mystery and be able to get the bonus cash. So it, and she takes you to different areas. Again, uh, she's not, you know, describing Bottle Village right there, but she's taking you to Bottle Village. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just fantastic. And then at the end, at the, uh, at the um, bonus, she has two sections. One is for the people who love to do mysteries and love to do puzzles and so forth. And, uh, and she's, you know, gives you this little section and all the, all the information is there. Um, Sandy and Sunny from the podcaster uh, just did it and they love puzzles. So they did it the way that it was intended to be done. But for other people, and I think she might have actually put this in just for me going, uh, Scott, we're never <laughs> going to be able to get this bonus if I don't do something. <laughs> so she has a little cheat. And, and basically the cheat is now you have to read the description uh, and follow directions. Uh, so, you know, it only took me a couple times to figure that one out. But, uh, <laughs> but it is a fantastic upper level adventure lab and uh and then everything ties in to get the bonus so the bonus cash did she theme the container to tie in with the story anyway or is it just just a yes a, a standard? oh yes she did and uh and i think that's one thing that you don't that most people aren't appreciating is that where the bonus is hidden is something that she made and installed and it fits right in. Uh, she is very, very clever 
in hiding her and creating her geocaches in that they fit in uh, where they're hidden. So you could be looking right at it and have no idea you're looking at it. Uh, Is that the type uh, of thing we're talking about? If you've ever seen like a little sign that uh, flips open and the geocache is behind the sign, that's that's what she's kind of known for. That kind of cleverness. So, yeah. Uh, now I really want to do this adventure lab, but it's a very long ways from Missouri. <laughs> it's a very long ways at. from Missouri. <laughs> but when you come out, I'll take you to all the uh, ShareBear 64 uh, geocaches and you will pretty much be blown away. <laughs> Sounds good. Hopefully yeah. I will get out there one of these days because it sounds like some amazing geocaches out there. It is. And then you're going to uh, MOGA, so I'm going to meet you there. So, yes, uh, yes. There's yeah. a couple people I'm, I'm hoping to get to meet in person for the first time at MOGA in 2022. So hopefully that works out. <laughs> I hope it works out. I hope it does too. I'm, I'm excited for that. Even, even my kiddo is, is excited for that. And I have to keep reminding him what it was though, because he went with me and my, my muggle hubby, he came along with me too to MOGA this past year. And I say this past year when this, this right. airs, it's going to be 2022. But when we went to MOGA 2021, he loved it he had so much fun he keeps asking me when we're going to go back to kentucky so <laughs> <laughs> so, so did you do the did you do the puzzles did you do all the comf competitions did you do all the so fun stuff we didn't do quite all of the moga stuff we actually had to leave moga early before it was officially ended because we were going to Indiana for um, some graduations that happened to land on the exact same weekend. <laughs> so we didn't quite get to experience the competition part of it. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to trying to do that in MOGA 2022. And my mom, who was originally supposed to go with us in 2021, but unfortunately was not able to because of back issues she is up and doing better and the current plan is for her to be there at MOGA 2022 with us so hopefully all goes well knock on wood <laughs> and, and, and you're going to be able to do the gp and you're going to be able to do the gps maze for the first time i hope get so that icon I, and... I am like really antsy waiting for that registration to become available because I don't know if they're going to limit how many people can do it or how that works and I want to make sure I get in. I, I'm really excited about that opportunity. Well they were able to pull it off at uh, Geo Woodstock in Cincinnati where they had you know 7,500 geocachers so I know that they're going to be able to pull it off this time. Yeah I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to getting more information on that when registration for it becomes available yep well thank you so much for joining us today and and giving us some tips and tricks on adventure labs here i really appreciate it i'm sure people will find 
I hope people will find it interesting and helpful. I certainly did. I've got uh, Adventure Lab credit that's been sitting there trying to think of a good use for it. And now the gears are turning with all the possibilities. And well, very good. If I if I can motivate you to uh, to get the to get that credit out there and used, uh, and anybody else, then uh, then my job is done. But also, <laughs> I really appreciate the opportunity. I think it's so important that people realize that there is an alternative uh, to doing adventure labs when you don't have a data internet connection. I think that's really important, and I appreciate that you're giving me the opportunity to spread that word. I appreciate you sharing that with us because when you mentioned that to me prior to this interview, I was floored that there was a way to do it offline. And I'm really excited that we got to go over that and share that with everybody listening because I think they're going to find it interesting as well. And practice it before you need it. Yes. And I will definitely have the links in the show notes to the instructions for that and the, the other documents, the Route 66 series webpage as well. Is there a webpage for the Highway 1 series? Uh, there is. It's uh, hi- C- California, C-A, highway1gc.org. Okay, I'll add that as well. Thank you. People can check out these awesome adventure labs that are going on. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers. It is full of articles and photos, all sent in by geocachers like you. In fact, some of the guests that you've heard on this show have submitted articles to Geocacher Magazine. They have all kinds of neat stuff and publish achievements that are sent in by geocachers. So if you have an achievement you want to celebrate, send it in and they will add it to the magazine. It is really cool. I recommend it. I subscribe to it myself and I love it. Go check it out at ftfgeo.com. That's ftfgeo.com. And let them know Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Do you have a topic you'd like to hear more about? Let me know at geocacheadventures.org. Go over to the contact page and you can send me a message there. It has the podcast email that you can email me to. Or you can reach out to ShadowDragon1 on geocaching.com. Geocacheadventures.org also has a store page now. You can go over there, geocacheadventures.org, and click on the store page in the menu bar and check it out. Got some great stuff over there for you.